This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Welcome back to the WOMED. We're so excited. Well, we're excited every episode, but that's because this is so much fun. (laughs) We have nurse Sarah with us. She is a new grad, but she is, you've been working for a year now. So like you're almost kind of out of the new grad bubble. Yes, yes. It's crazy. My, it's almost my official one year of working so October 15th is my birthday of working. So I'm excited. You're in a nursery. My oh, I love that. <laughs> Yes, exactly. So but I've been a nurse for like a year and five months, maybe. I graduated in May of 2018. So. Oh, awesome. But I didn't get a job until October. So that tells you how crazy it is to get a job at the new yeah. job. Not fun. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I didn't even think about that. Like, that's going to be, that's going to be fun to talk about. Okay. But like, first lubrication question. Yeah. <laughs> are you ready? <laughs> we are not skipping that. No. It's easy to forget. I feel like. Well, we get so carried away and we, we, we get so excited to start talking and then we're like, wait, the lubrication question. No, I feel you. <laughs> so I came up with it today Ooh. and I'm not as funny as Danielle. <laughs> Yes, you are. (laughs) This is, I'm not, I have a very different type of humor, Uh, but this isn't really a funny one. It's, it's a soul searching one in a way. Uh, Okay. But the question is, what are you nostalgic for? Or what do you feel you will be nostalgic for in 40 years? Oh my gosh. I got it. That's hard. (laughs) Do I have to go first? (laughs) You don't. Maybe okay, D okay. should just go first. Okay. She got okay. it so fast. Okay. In 40 years, I will be nostalgic for cursive writing. Oh, that's a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even teaching it in schools. Like I like I have I have cards saved from my grandma and her cursive writing was impeccable. Mm-hmm. And I just I just love looking at her writing. And I feel like everything's gonna be like oh yeah I have these love emails saved from emojis (laughs) yeah so cursive writing that's that's actually a really good one that's really good I was in Catholic school so they just like beat the tar out of us when it came to cursive writing my fiance Catholic school He's got oh, yeah. a great cursive writing. Well, maybe the maybe the Catholics will carry on the, the cursive writing tradition. Oh, they will. I can guarantee you it won't go out of style. Jeez, <laughs> oh, that's a really good one, though. Thanks. Um, do you did you think of one, Sarah? I, I think so. I think I think my I think good music is my my nostalgic because. I don't know. I mean, there's great bops and everything, but like, there's no Celine Dion anymore. No, there's, there's no not. Wonder. There's oh. no Michael Jackson. So it's like, will we have that again? I don't think so. But I'll be able to at least listen to it on YouTube and oh, Spotify. Yeah, I just, you're so right. I I just watched <laughs> the first episode of. Uh, this season of The Voice, which is one of my favorite shows. Mm -hmm. And they said they were like trying to bring back like a classic original voice, like pure talent, because we don't have a lot of that anymore. No, everything is so edited and synthesized and auto-tuned that, you know. And there's like copies of like our classic singers. It's not really anything new or exciting. Okay, I will say Adele and Leon Bridges. (laughs) are going to be yeah. some like classics forever. Adele's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Adele's amazing. <laughs> and Leon. Glad we could all agree on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love her. I, would love to I, her live. I have such an oh obsession God. with Leon Bridges. I don't know who that is. <gasps> Me neither. I'm, I'm going to send you stuff. <laughs> I'm going to send you a video. I'm, I just good, saw... I'm glad you don't either. Like quietly, like, 
Yeah, I don't know. I was like, who's that? <laughs> I met him at Jimmy Kimmel. And y'all, I, he was, he was in the dressing room next to me. And I, I like, I was like, oh my God, Liam Bridges is the guest here on the same day I am. This is kismet. This is awesome. And I was asking the producers, I was like, is it okay? Like, can I meet him? Like, I'm, I'm a huge fan. And I've been really cool around some famous people before. And I was not cool. Guys, I was so, so not cool. I, I like walk into the room and I was like, oh my God, I'm such a huge fan. Like you're just, I'm, I don't know why I'm doing this right now. Like I had my hands like under my chin. Like I'm like, can I hug you? And I was like, oh my God, be cool D. I could not be cool. I lost That's okay. all cool because he's oh just, yeah, he's got so much swag. He's, he's amazing. Apparently I'm going to have to look this person up. Oh, I Me will too. send you a video. No idea. <laughs> No idea. Well, mine has to do with music too. But I was just thinking the other day, like how much I miss searching for my favorite song on the radio. (gasps) Like whenever I I would like Sarah's like, yeah, but Sarah was like, what, 10? Whenever you actually had to do that. (laughs) Sarah's like, yeah, I really, really remember searching for oops, I did it again on the radio between all the stations. Danny (laughs) Wonderwall. I had a tape that I would put into my boom box and hit record and I would record it from the radio. Yes, we would, I would do things like that too. It was, it was uh, striking what we would do to find our favorite songs in the car. Yeah, we had to work really hard for music. Yeah, I'm a LimeWire child. (laughs) Dangerous by Michael Jackson was my first CD. Oh, that's pretty, that's not bad for a millennial. I still (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. All all the music of my generation is subliminal messages and you're right it is even disney movies disney shows cartoons. oh us too oh, yeah man. i was Can really into that it? oh geez <laughs> we, <have> the OG. <laughs> we could go on forever yes that was a wonderful trip down nostalgia lane it really was at least for me i don't know about the rest of you guys but d and i are still loving our fall boxes from fab fit fun d what are you using out of your fab fit fun box right now I have been using my travel yoga mat a ton. It's one of those things that I knew I always needed to buy and then never did. And it's really helped me with like no excuses. Like it's small, it's compact, but it literally does the job. So I can take it anywhere and then I can, I can work out on it. I can do yoga on it. It's awesome. And my dog really likes to lay on it, as I mentioned previously, (laughs) (laughs) but it is absolutely beautiful. I love it too. And I've been using that full-sized uh, bottle of lotion that came in the box, and then Ooh, also the little really nice the little gold eye masks I've really enjoyed Ooh, for my, my puffiness that I've been obsessed with lately for some reason. <laughs> but, well, all nurses struggle with that, you know, like especially on night shift. True, you know? true. Should use these on night shift. Yeah, you just walk in with the mask on. <laughs> I dig yeah. it. Yes. I trust you. I was like, Thank that you. nurse cares about herself. <laughs> That's true. FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box filled with full-size, premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and wellness products sent straight to your doorstep each season. Which is so awesome. And these boxes only retail for $49.99, but the value is over $200. I'm, like, I'm where pretty you obsessed get that? with FabFitFun. Like, the boxes are yeah. amazing. I was There's so There's so much excited. fun to go through. Yes. So it's like you keep like you pull one thing out. There's a whole nother awesome thing. It's like makeup. It's a candle. It's um, a tote bag. It, it's so much fun. I agree. I love FabFitFun boxes. First time I ever got one was this season. So for our WOMED listeners, you can use the code WOMED for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. That is $10 off, you guys. So you can get this box for $39.99 with the discount code, which is amazing. You would never be able to buy this stuff. Such such a bargain. So major bargain. Yeah. So once again, go to www.fabfitfun.com and use the code WOMED for $10 off of your first box. You will not be disappointed, I swear. (laughs) Again. (laughs) 
fabfitfun.com and enter the code WOMED and you're going to get $10 off. It's amazing. You're welcome. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. So, Sarah, um, what department are you working in? So, I'm in an observation unit. I don't know if you know what that is. So, yeah. It's basically ER overflow that turns in inpatient, um, but they're just like, I guess maybe it's insurance reasons or they just, I don't know, but they call it observation status. And then you are being observed for like 24 to 48 hours to see, you know, if your symptoms come back, if they disappeared in the ER, um, and like they do like certain treatments. And then if your symptoms go away, then you are discharged. So we have like really fast turnover usually Mm -hmm. um but at the same time we can have some really sick patients come from the er because you know their symptoms that they were like at home with and then they came in with and they were gone you know like strokes and everything can manifest really quickly when they get to our floor Mm because er takes like 12 hours (laughs) it's like so a lot can change in 12 hours and then when they get to us it can be interesting yeah for sure i love i love my floor it's it's a lot. It's great for a new grad to learn because it's very fast paced, but it's not as crazy as the ER, which is nice. Yeah. So you have time to think. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. That was actually going to be my next question if you thought it was a good job as a new grad. Yeah, I think so. How did you end up? So you, you had trouble finding a job. And then how did you end up finding this job? So when I graduated, it was May of 2018. Mm-hmm. And my heart was set on NICU. Yeah. Aww. Aww. And my mom has been a NICU nurse for 11 years. Yeah. So, you know, I was a mom, uh, a baby newborn hearing screener for three years. So I thought I had it in the bag yeah. and I thought there was no way that I wouldn't be able to get into NICU. And I just wanted to like put a message out to the new grads out there. You might not get your dream job at first. Yeah. And it's going to crush your soul because <laughs> it crushed mine. And I applied for like every NICU job. In my area, I was like ready to drive an hour and a half just to get to a NICU. And there was just nothing except for one place that interviewed me. And they were, they like interviewed me and they said there was only two NICU beds, right? There was only two beds in their unit? Okay. Yeah. That's and weird. And they were like, so this is technically a mom baby unit, but we also get this other amount of clients, which are like pediatric patients mm-hmm. who come in after So surgery. probably one of the smaller... Hospitals ahead. Oh my yeah. god! And they're like, "You're gonna float every day to ortho." <laughs> I was like, oh. I was so sweaty during that interview. It was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> like at first, I was like, "Yay!" And then I was like, "Oh God, please reject me." <laughs> you're like, I so actually, like, I, I changed my mind. Um, I think my mom's calling. I have to go. <laughs> but that same day. The hospital called me with an interview for an adult position. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? This is karma this is telling me there's a reason why you're not going into NICU and I'm really glad I didn't I do love working with adults mm-hmm. I think I want to do um critical care mm-hmm. with adults and I don't know if I'll ever go back to babies but yeah. the job that I had was more like a sugar-coated cookie cutter like NICU it wasn't like the real NICU mm-hmm. like I got to see the babies who were going home I didn't really get to see the sick babies so I yeah. think I wasn't really prepared for that mm-hmm. And so I think my path led me the right way. And I love my job now. So I'm happy. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that's great. Good. So, that's great. Yeah. But during that time where I didn't have a job, I actually was looking at nursing memes, which is how I found Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
and she's the reason why I started on Instagram. Like, oh my god, and I was like, how can I make funny memes and like talk about my life and like you know help people go through this while I have all this time without a job? (laughs) So that's why it started. Yes, you're so sweet. I can't believe you. You had told me that before, but yeah. I kind of forgot to be honest with you. No, no. Oh my yeah, god, that's crazy. The reason why I started my meme page, and then after that, you know, you see like the community on here, and you're like, I want to be part of it, but like people on the meme page don't really care about my life, so I need to like make a different page. So then I did that. So so that's Instagram's smart. like my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to summarize like a goal of your online presence, what would it be like an overarching goal? Do you think, do you have one like defined yet or what exactly you're trying to do? Or are you still trying to search for it? Um, I think I'm on the cusp of it. Um, I'm starting like every Monday I try to do like a mental health Monday post, I love which that. is kind of a big thing on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want it to be more like towards our profession and like, like mental health for like medical professionals. Mm-hmm. And so I like reached out and a lot of people um, DM'd me and they wanted to share their stories. So I've gotten a few stories that on Mondays I'm going to post, um, call it medical mental health and kind of, you know, open everyone's eyes like the general public and, you know, people who are more seasoned that mm-hmm. they do have struggles and we're going to battle through them even through school, even through being new grads. And that's why we might act a certain way or we may feel a certain way. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, kind of having an open discussion about it. And we're not perfect in medicine. And people think that just because, you know, you're, they think you have your life together if you're working in healthcare. Like a lot of people think that, like, Mm -hmm. wow, that's such a good job. Like you must have it all together. But at the same time, like it is taxing. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that get people to wanting to work in healthcare that are usually like really sad and, you know, traumatic experiences. So, um, that's my, my goal is to like, kind of have an open forum for people to share their stories. So I found my goal, I think. But that's great. I love that. And it's so important. Yeah. yeah I, I want a purpose with my platform and good more than cute pictures. <laughs> I mean, you have to have a real gift to create yeah. a purpose with memes. <laughs> and I love that. Because your writing is phenomenal. And oh, like, thanks. That's I my favorite part. Writing, so that's my favorite part my my new oh god thank you you know danny like every new nurse on the planet we are constantly learning and we should be we are constantly learning learning. is fun yes old or new it is fun which is why you and i have really loved using skillshare the last couple months i love it yeah it's it actually is right up your alley to be honest with you (laughs) it's totally (laughs) skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of amazing classes covering dozens of creative and entrepreneurial skills oh you nailed it i did that word is so hard you guys it is it's a hard word but skillshare is actually offering a really awesome deal to our womed listeners and if you go to skillshare.com slash womed and sign up you're gonna get two free months of classes, which is unreal. You can't, you can't get two free months of college, but they're going to give you (laughs) two free months of classes. You can't get two free months of anything. And I've been personally loving the web development classes for my blog, Yeah, uh, which is so much better than having to pay somebody to help me. Yeah. So um, which ones have you been taking? I've been doing a lot of creative writing classes. It's been really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that's right up your alley. I need to do some of those as well. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys really need to go to Skillshare.com slash WOMED and sign up for two months of unlimited access to thousands of classes for free. Again, that's Skillshare.com slash WOMED to get your two months free. Two months. But you're really, you're like super onto something because I call healthcare the land of misfit toys. It the is. people who work in healthcare, <laughs> it's the land of misfit toys. We're all so screwed up in our own ways, but yet so wonderful. Like yeah. they're like the most wonderful people, like so deeply sensitive, funny. so funny, but you have to like have gone through some things to like end up this way. No, you really do. So, yeah. Yeah. I really, I, I really love your mental health Monday 
idea and and movement that's especially as healthcare providers we do our own like mental health and sanity is always at the back burner like our own self-care is always at the back burner so I think that's really important just to kind of start I mean I don't want to call it a trend because it shouldn't just be a trend yeah. a movement I, lo- I love the mental health Monday movement mm-hmm. And I was surprised by how many people like reached out mm-hmm. and like, I've gotten some DMS and like with some long notes and I'm like, just reading through them. Like my heart's breaking. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you know, there's people who are hurting and they want their stories to be heard. So I'm excited to be able to, you know, give people that chance. So that's awesome. Um, it's exciting. Good and um, for you. I, I've talked about, Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, like, like prophylactically going to therapy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so for all my new grads, I went to therapy before starting my job as a new grad because I was worried about burnout mm-hmm. more than anything yeah. because we're highest at risk. Is it the first six months? I think months to a year. Yeah. That's what I've heard. So I went to therapy like two months before starting my job and it it changed everything. And I think it helped oh, me really? develop some skills. So like I've posted about this before, but I don't know. I suggest that anyone do it just, especially not just new grand nurses, but pre-med everything If you're going through, or you're even like pre-nursing and you're like Mm -hmm. struggling there. Mm -hmm. You might have something that you need to just talk to somebody. So that's my, that's amazing advice. Yeah. Medical mental health Mondays and stuff like that. It was more me discovering my need for it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, hoping other people would get help from it too. So you know, from my story. I wonder if that wouldn't be something that would really help this like burnout wave is if more yeah. people took um, like the prophylactic approach and started, started therapy yeah. earlier, start like, and specifically healthcare related therapy. I actually never thought of that. Like that's yeah. such a brilliant idea. And I grossly underestimated the stress of the transition into becoming a nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. I don't even feel like the same person that I was a year ago. I was just telling Dee that today, which I've said it multiple times, but I don't even feel like I live the same life. And uh, consequently, I haven't been going to therapy this year, which is weird for me because I've been in therapy nonstop pretty much for the last six years. But when I relocated... I went, I've tried out three different therapists here and I just haven't found the right fit yeah. and I just get tired, you know, like I get tired trying going to places with people that I don't match with. And I actually have two others. I have the names of two others that I want to try, mm-hmm. but, um, I haven't taken the initiative to set up an appointment. And so basically I've just gone through like the most stressful year of my life. Well, one of them, and then I didn't go to therapy. And so I don't know what my problem is, but I really need to get on it. And I, I just didn't, you just get so tired and wrapped up in what you're doing that you don't even like, you don't think about it, but I should have done it totally. And I, I never thought two months before, like, that's such a good idea. Yeah. So way to go. Just cause I felt like I didn't want to wait until I had my breakdown at work and like mm-hmm. cried or freaked out or, you know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. just got to a really low point. I wanted to develop some coping skills. I mean, I had yeah. inklings that I needed some help, but mm-hmm. you know, it shouldn't take that to be like involuntarily admitted or like for something bad to happen to you Yeah, for you to like be able to take that step to, to find help, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that would, that could prevent some really traumatic experiences for people. So when I, I feel like, especially in the healthcare field, people don't think about like when in relation to burnout, it, like a lot of people, I mean, I went to therapy for a lot of various like hardships and stuff I've gone through in my life, but I don't think I ever focused in therapy on my job at all and the Um, problems that I was having at my job. So like, I feel like there's, it's like a, like the distance of a canyon between the two, like you need to, because when I finally like hit like my burnout wall and had to had to take some time um, and just leave the bedside. Like it was, it was like a combination of so many things. I think if, 
if more healthcare providers focused on coping mechanisms or or things that would help them like burnout prevention techniques like I don't I don't know the proper name for them I th- I think we'd see a, a much the burnout rate reduce yeah yeah I agree for sure but you know I mean with what you're saying too I don't even think until this year till until I left the bedside that I realized how much seeing so many people die has affected me. Yeah. You know, I honestly never thought about it. And, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. even think about it until we interviewed Katie Kleber. Yeah. And she she left the neuro ICU because uh, after she had kids, she realized that it was, you know, she was having like severe anxiety from her job um, once she became a mother and seeing mm-hmm. like people die and whatever. And I, I really thought about it. And, you know, now that I'm a nurse practitioner and I'm a step away from the bedside, I don't see as many people die. And there's a huge difference between being somebody who does procedures or puts in orders on a patient or, you know, uh, whatever walks past their room and, you know, assesses them once in the morning versus the person who zips up the body bag and gives them a bath while they're Mm -hmm. dead. You know, there's a huge, huge difference. And like we say that nurses, you know, there always seems to be a little bit of a burnout war. Like everyone is burning out, but there are different types of burnout. And there's like this little bit of like, well, doctors are burned out. You know, family nurse practitioners are burned out. Uh, Bedside nurses are burned out. Med surge, you know, med surge, bedside nurses, ICU nurses, whatever. Mm -hmm. We all burn out in just different ways. And I, I never realized how much like the death and like, gruesome parts of it were really starting to get to me now I would have a really hard time going back like very very hard I I don't even like seeing you know people lying on ECMO for days like it it bothers me it starts to bother me more now than it did when I was a bedside nurse just because I think I was you know numb to it to an extent because I had to be so I guess we should all start therapy two months yes. before we can start working. Yeah. So, way to go. Yeah. So, so I guess it's a great feeling. One thing I'm, I'm curious about, did your hospital have like a new grad specific orientation program that you were able to start in with? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, which was great mm-hmm. because my hospital system is the only one in the area with that kind of program. Okay. And I think that's why our retention rates are better because without it, it's just almost impossible for a new grad to feel like comfortable mm-hmm. because without the new grad residency program, mm-hmm. I don't know how I could have, you know, transitioned so well from nursing school to the bedside because nursing school does not prepare you at all for what you're going to do, what you're going to see, what you, what your role is. Yeah. It's just... It's just helping you with the NCLEX. That's all it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. To me. I mean, it helps like form some basic critical thinking and understanding. Yeah. But without like having a preceptor for weeks on end mm-hmm. who's watching what you're doing and keeping you accountable, it's just almost impossible to, you know, safely transition, I feel, and yeah. not burn out. And when you have a residency program and like a preceptor, you feel like they care. You feel like the hospital is caring for you, that they want you to do well. And they're like nurturing you. Mm -hmm. Like I had a friend who was at a hospital that didn't have one. Yeah. And like she burned out in like four months and changed to outpatient entirely. So she doesn't work Um, because she had, there were crazy ratios. Um, there was like one CNA for like 30 patients. Oh, and then she tried to delegate. She got laughed at anytime she tried to ask for help. She got laughed at, figure it out. So that, that doesn't happen on at my hospital, which is wonderful, but that's the reality for a lot of people with how it's structured in, in the hospital setting. And I mean, I guess we can, nurses can be cheap to replace mm-hmm. sometimes. So they don't care that much if, if, and they probably didn't haven't wanted to change it because it's cheaper to not have a residency program yeah. or something. You not gonna get to the politics and get like dude, but <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> it is. So did your um residency program do you guys have like different classes and stuff that you had to go through too? Yeah. So we had like 
preparedness for, you know, charting. So we use mm-hmm. Epic. Yeah. Um, which I like, they say it's the best of all evils or something like that. It's, it's um, a hard transition to make when you've already been using something else, but it like, yeah. once you get the hang of it, it's, it's great. Yeah. I, I like it. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, it can be tedious, but I like it. So we have that class. <laughs> then we have like just basic, you know, caregiving, like what your role is going to be depending on if you're ICU or mm-hmm. uh, ECU, depending on that, they do levels of um, teaching. Yeah. And then our hospital is actually going to have a skills lab soon, which is really exciting. Oh, oh nice. nice. I live in like a more rural area, but we're we're going to have the biggest like trauma center in our area soon. It's going to oh, be moving wow. from brand new and then we're going to have a skills lab for people to use. So our residency program is going to be much better. Oh, so that's if you great. have that in your residency program, I'm sure that's awesome. No, that's really but, awesome. And then we do like ACLS and stuff like that. Yeah. But, How many weeks was it? Um, for me, I'm pretty sure it was six weeks. But if you need more time, I think that was the minimum. But if you need more time, it's like like eight to ten weeks. Oh, or, nice. Like you take a test at like the four-week mark. And then if you pass that test, you're done at six weeks. But if you don't, then you just, you know, have some more time. And if you need more time, you can also say that even if you pass the test. Oh, Wow. Ours and and Nikki was like a, a 12 week orientation. So it was like the first three months you're, you're on orientation, but both hospitals that I've worked at, we've had like different classes, like unit specific classes that to me were invaluable, you know, like you're learning, Mm -hmm. I mean, specifically for like the Nikki population, um, like the main cardiac defects you see um, there was like crash course, like more in depth courses on like pulmonary hypertension, um, meconium aspirations and, you know, all the various things that we would see um, like diaphragmatic hernias. It was all like care oriented classes that you would never have had time to learn that in depth. I'm like, what, like your specific patient populations were going to be in nursing school. Yeah. And it's like, cause you barely learn about NICU and nursing school. No, no. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of other units do. I mean, like PICU does, um, unit specific classes and yeah, I, I'm pretty sure all the units in the hospitals, at least that I've worked at have, have started doing yeah. some classes. So I'm, I'm really happy mm-hmm. to see that that's hopefully more of like a nationwide thing. Yeah. And I'm in more of a rural area, so I'm lucky, I think. You are lucky when I, yeah, when I was in Oklahoma, there was like nothing like there was like, oh, you've been a nurse for a year. <laughs> I, mean, I had been a nurse for a year at that point in the ICU. And then I, that's how I started cardiac surgical ICU. They were like, oh, you can do this. You'll just take your first case, like the second day that I was there. So <laughs> it was like, there were no classes. Oh, no. It was like sink or swim. Good luck. Hope you don't quit mm-hmm. and like go on, which is just crazy to think back of. But I think you know, things have changed somewhat, but D and I were both saying that it's like been so long since we've been a new grad. We just don't even know what it's like anymore. Yeah. I really don't know what it's like. Did you, did you have any, ever have any issues with like uh bullying or like caddy issues with some of the nurses or anything like that? Cause that's <laughs> the story of my life. Most yeah. people don't know that about me, but I have issues. I had issues all the time. Yeah. I got bullied really badly. And when I, started my second job in Nashville I mean like just my once you when once I was on my own which was like um a couple months in when I started because I work night shifts so when I started getting day shift report from nurses oh god there were certain (laughs) nurses who would get so mad at the most specific crazy things and would just like make you feel like you were the worst nurse in the world. Ugh, mm-hmm. like the most mini- minimal of things. And I was still in therapy at this time. So I got to vent about that during <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that was good. But no, I, I did have an issue with a certain nurse and like she actually moved to a different um, hospital. But, Where you're like, yay, I don't have anxiety yeah. about going to work anymore. And then like when she left, another one like came to prowl on me. You Aww, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but then I like kind of confronted them. They didn't stop. So then I talked to like my supervisor. I was just like, listen, not only is this person like attacking me, they're attacking my other new grads. 
And like people had come to Mm -hmm. me because they felt like they were doing the same things to them. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this is happening. I don't know what you guys want to do about it, but it's, it's been hard. And like, I'm like, I even told them, I'm like, I'm in therapy right now and I don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. My my cat feels um, really bad for you. They also like found that she was like, you know, she was teaching others, but she was making them feel bad too. She was precepting and making them feel like garbage. Mm -hmm. So then like, after all, after I said something, it kind of stopped. I don't know what happened there. So that's what I mean. It helped, but I was just like, I can't let this, let this keep going. Cause I'm going to, I'm not going to be able to do well. And I was like dreading going to work. Yeah. I was having nightmares. I was, I just didn't, I was thinking about like what I charted, like what I was like what I did, like, what if they think that I did this wrong or did that wrong? Like, it was terrible. Well, there's, there's so much fear in it. Um, like when you first start, because it's like, they'll, they'll, they'll scare you into which, which it's, it's, it's a real fear and you should have a degree of this fear, but that like, whatever you chart has to hold up in court because at any point they can pull that charting. And if you messed one thing up and like you, you're not going to remember a patient from like 12 years ago, you know, you're not going to remember mm-hmm. what their exact respirations were, like what their, what everything was, but your charting has to be like to the T and everything has to be correct. And you have to like, I mean, which you do, but like, there's, there's so much fear in that. And I feel like that really terrifies a lot of, a lot of people. Cause I mean, it scared me a lot. Yeah. Especially when you have like someone targeting you and like yeah. attacking you. Like they could nit- nitpick anything you do and try to twist it and get you fired because there's people that are that petty and like, oh, oh yeah. yeah. I've seen it already and I've only been on the floor for like, one year and it's it's sad. So I just try to stay in my lane and <laughs> stay in <laughs> your yeah, lane. Like, don't get me fired because you hate me. I think you're like literally given the best advice on the planet when it yeah. comes to dealing with bullies. If you confront them, and then it doesn't work and you go to your manager uh, and make sure that that's dealt with and like explain yourself and in a controlled yeah. you know, way with facts only. Mm-hmm. And then you stay in your own lane and just mind your own business and keep moving forward. Yeah. You know, I feel like 90% of things resolve after that. Mm-hmm. You know, 10% don't. Like if your man- manager is one of those people who's very gossipy and stuff too, then you have an additional yeah. problem to deal with. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, like basically, would you say that that's what you did to deal with it? I mean, that's what it yeah. sounds like to me, but did you do anything different? Um, no, that was really what I did, but I wasn't going to do it until I realized that other people were having the same issues Yeah, and mm-hmm. people who like would never be able to, you know, go to the manager and say, Hey, this is happening, but it's like affecting my peers too. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't stand for it, especially cause like they could burn out. You yeah, know what right. I mean? And they're not, they don't have the coping mechanisms that I I have, or they might not, they could be struggling with something at home too. Mm-hmm. Right. And it could ruin their whole life and they could, you know, quit. And it's, we go to school for so long and struggle so hard to not get, for someone to like, try to ruin your career is just like, yeah, I won't stand for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's very nurse of you. I won't stand up for myself. But if it's hurting other people, like, by gosh, I'm going to my manager. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the exact same way. Yeah. I am. <laughs> if, if y'all going after my people, it's like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. <laughs> it's, it's that nurse tribe mentality. Yes, it is. We're the craziest, but oh my God, we'll come after you if you mess with the any of us. Of yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, so well. I'm, I'm curious what not from like a gossip standpoint, but like from like a teaching standpoint, what, what her style, what this person specific person's style was that was that she was doing? Like, it was it like scared tactic or is it just like, I'm better than you. You better learn from me. You're stupid. Kind of like, how could you get something so basic wrong? Like, Oh yeah. That kind of. Yeah. Recommending. And like during report, the things that they would say was like, like you would, you know, try to go through your report, you know, go through your systems, try to go make, I like to tell the story. I give a hefty report 
to me, a lot of things are important. I'm that annoying nurse. But then they pause me and are like, oh, but this, this is this. I'm like, I'm getting to that, honey. Just slow your roll. Just let me tell my story. (laughs) I can get a beautiful story for you. (laughs) I wrote my report so nicely. (laughs) Tell you my story. And instead, you're so cute to want to tell like a long story at the end of a long shift. (laughs) I love, I love report. Like I'm always proud of my. Well, yeah, you're detailing all the things that you've you've done throughout the night. You're like, this is the night that I had, and you're gonna hear about it. Yeah. And like, to me, it's relevant. But then they're just like atta- nitpicking and attacking and uh-huh. just like, yeah, trying to like, almost sound like a physician mm-hmm. and like diagnosing things that are not, not really there. Like, oh, this is probably because of this. And then like, that tone is like, oh, you don't know that then. You must yeah. feel it. <laughs> That's just to make you feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, some of that does come from I mean, there's a, I can maybe, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I, I feel like I have been, I don't want to say like that person before, not, not the (laughs) bullying person, but the person like during report, I think everyone just has like their different styles, but like when you're talking like, oh, well that might be because of this. I've like, as like the more experience I've gotten, it's like, oh wait, no. Is this, is this thing might be happening because of this? And I'm trying to like get the doctor to maybe like see that part but yeah but you probably do it from a teaching perspective yeah Yeah. from like a like a perspective of let's help the patient because of this or like let me teach you yeah yeah Yeah. there's it's different than like a condescending perspective I I do I do the same thing too or like brainstorm or whatever yeah but but I'm not going to be like you know, I'm not going to make you feel like you should have known something oh, without yeah. teaching you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you didn't do that? Mm, fine. As I like write down on my clipboard, you know, or something. And they like flick their pen aggressively. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm too busy for this. And then like, sometimes it's the most simple of things that they're like, you know, they like point out and then they're like, oh, it's probably because of this. But it's something simple that they know that I know. But they want to feel like I like I just have this pea brain and I just don't know. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to explain. It's just no that's over. I think I've put more of a strong face on and now people don't mess with me as much, but you do learn yeah. and I think that's important too. I mean, it's good for us as more experienced nurses to hear this stuff yeah. too, because you know, I'm short and I'm not short like stature wise, but I get short and irritable when things aren't moving very fast. Mm-hmm. So it's good for me to know that like, you know, rushing someone along or making a comment or aggressively clicking my pen, which I'm sure I have done all of those oh, things. Oh yeah, at some I know point. I'm, I'm guilty you of know, all of that. I don't want to hurt somebody because of that. So right. if there are like better ways that I can deal with it you know, fine. I, I do feel like sometimes on Instagram, people think that I'm like some angel or something and I'm not, I'm like a very average person. Like some days I'm in a great mood. Some days I'm not in a good mood at all. And I just mm-hmm. like want to get my job done and get the hell out of there sort of thing. And yeah. I don't want to take the time to teach new nurses and I don't want to take the time to have a conversation about things, but I would never want to hurt someone. Right. So like, you know, in the process of that, it's good to be reminded that like everybody learns at one point and it mm-hmm. takes you back to whenever you were learning, you know, yeah. God, be- being a new nurse is so stressful. No it matter really where you're working. Oh God. So I know, stressful. I, I just feel like, I think we need to make sure that people realize it's not cookie cutter when you get out mm-hmm. and that you're going to have rough days. You're going to have Doctors be mean to you, nurses be mean to you, everyone in the hospital be mean. Oh, yeah. But you just have to like put on a brave face, know what you're talking about when you're in your patients' rooms, mm-hmm. um, you know, make them feel comfortable. Just you have to really prepare yourself kind of for each day and and just take it and learn from every single day, no matter how hard it is. And mm-hmm. your patients are gonna make you feel feel much better like when someone says that something like they they really appreciate your care or that you're funny yeah. or that you're <laughs> <laughs> that always picks my day up so. 
Me too. Same. Yeah. <laughs> Just little things. Yeah. You'll all you'll hold on to that and that'll keep you going. And then when you're like five, ten years from now in season, you'll look back on the baby nurse and be like, Oh, that was just a hard time that we'll never think about again. <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for anyway. You won't. I, you honestly, you kind of just forget. Like, it just, like, disappears. I don't know. <laughs> Which is bad and good. Like, you just, like, totally forget it. And I, like, the other thing is that whenever you become a nurse, nurses are, our school is very general, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not coming out of school prepared to be a NICU nurse, a med oh, surge no. nurse, an ICU nurse. You're not coming out prepared for any of that. And even as a nurse practitioner, you know, I came out as an adult acute care nurse practitioner. I could have had a billion different jobs. You know, the only reason I stuck with CVICU is because that's what I've been doing mm-hmm. for years before. And I, like, had to have that experience to go into my CVICU job. For the nurses who, nurse practitioners who have been hired on my team who never had a CVICU job, their learning curve is insanely more difficult than mine, you know? Yeah. And I feel like mine is really more difficult. It's it's still super difficult. So like, as much as you want to say, or people want to say, and I feel like it does default to that sometimes, like, you're a professional, like, you should know how to do these things. Like, people make you feel like you should know a lot right out of school. And, you know, as you mentioned, it really doesn't teach you anything except how to like, just get by, you know, in the most minimal form. So Mm -hmm. if you can't, you know, some people can't adapt as quickly to new jobs and don't pick up on learning things the very first time they hear them and stuff. Most people don't. So like, you're just trained as a generalist, you have a lot to learn. If you and if you say you're to switch jobs in a year, or something my god it's like learning all over again yeah that's so scary. yeah yeah so somebody asked me because my job really tires me out and somebody was like are you gonna switch jobs and I'm like I seriously after over a year feel like I'm just starting to get like where I don't want to like throw up when I mm-hmm. walk through those doors in the morning I cannot imagine switching jobs right now I I honestly don't know if I can because it's going to be learning all over again mm-hmm. so yeah so anyway, yeah, we have night um, nurse practitioners cover the night and then we have like one on-call physician and then we have like one PA. So mm-hmm. like the amount of orders you guys have to go through from us, I am sorry. Because- you know what though? It's fine because I don't, one of my favorite parts of my job is that the nurses will actually talk to me. Like I can be on the floor with a physician and there's something about being a physician that's extremely intimidating. And I am really happy that the nurses will at least come to me with any questions, even the dumbest questions. I don't care what they are. I'd rather like have them ask me than not ask at all. So like, I'm just happy. That's like part of my job. You know, I'm supposed to be a a vector of communication between both sides. So great. You know, oh my God, you guys are everything, (laughs) especially on night shift because really we don't have much support on nights so it's kind of just us our nurse practitioners our PAs and that one on-call physician that you never want to call because he's of course gonna freak because he'll be so mad at you for waking him up (laughs) don't even talk about special you better have something good to say (laughs) yeah (laughs) so we appreciate you seriously for sure (laughs) what would you say because this is something I get asked a lot and it's been so long since I was a new grad, but what is your key piece of advice for new grads? Okay. So for me, like just for like bedside nursing, going into work at least 10 minutes early, looking through your patients Mm -hmm. and just having just going through like the most recent progress note seeing what meds are due and seeing what the plan is once you have that just lock it in your brain put it on your your brain your paper brain Mm -hmm. and be prepared to have that for family phone calls your patient asking you what's going on because really our patients usually don't know what's going on Mm -hmm. and that's one of the biggest reasons why it's hard. They're having a hard time, you know, yeah. in the hospital setting is because no one's communicating with them, mm-hmm. but just asking, Hey, 
do you have any questions for me? And if you have those answers, they'll trust you. They'll appreciate you. They'll love you. (laughs) (laughs) Just having that. And then you just don't seem, I look like a baby. (laughs) So for a while I had the, the comments of, Oh, you're so young. You're not old enough to be my nurse. You're not old enough to be my nurse. But once I had that confidence from, you know, being prepared every time Mm -hmm. I went to my patient's room, because I, I understood why they were there. I understood what was next for them. And I asked them, what do you need to know from me Mm -hmm. to feel comfortable throughout this night? That's so important. Same with the family. It's changed everything for me. And like, People are more so surprised that I'm so young and only am at one year. Mm-hmm. People think that I have more experience than I do because yeah. I just walk in and, you know, have an idea of what's going on mm-hmm. and you can fake it <laughs> until you make it. If you don't, if you don't have time, just make sure your computer's open and you take a quick peek and you're like, oh, this is what's happening. <laughs> Write it on the board for them. Yeah. And just, you know, and I think that's really what's kind of helped me a lot is just communication with my patients that's Mm -hmm. made me more comfortable it's made things go a lot more smoothly for me and it's made me happier because my patients are really appreciative and my patients families are like nice too so I think just yeah just being prepared for every time you walk into that room Mm -hmm. and also like (laughs) remember that anytime you walk into that room that patient could not be breathing so absolutely rotate ACLS in your mind yeah (laughs) worst case scenario but it can always happen so check a pulse as long as they're not like actually awake and like talking don't like be like are you alive but be prepared for the worst that's all no that's really good advice though my advice because that's what's gotten me through so far and why I love my job and Mm -hmm. why I'm happy so yeah that's awesome that was always one of the first things I'd always do you know like and I've I've carried that through 12 years of nursing is you know getting to work getting your report and I mean as long as my patient wasn't actively coding or getting crashed on the ECMO when I got there go through and it's like I know everything's on the computer but if you have like a little cheat sheet for yourself of like keynotes key facts when they last got this when like um how they've been acting like and like the meds like writing down what's due for a shift, it's like a checklist and you can go through and you can get that all done. And like, that's like your, 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 well, yeah, that's your checklist. And I felt like that all started really helping me and like having like a report tool, you know, to write down what's due. And like, that was really helpful as a new grad being like, okay, I know this is due at this time. This is due at this time. This is due at this time. And obviously, you know, IVs go out or, you know, things shift around a little bit, but at least you have, your list of like, this assessment needs to be done. This might needs to be given. This feed needs to happen at this time. You know, having, having a list. Yeah, for sure. I use Epic's brain. Some people don't like it. Mm. But oh, it's yeah. called brain and it just, you get, you know, I don't know if you guys are familiar with all the green check Oh, marks, yeah. Well, but you get a lot of green Yours are more than ours. So we have like certain things that we have to do, but I know what you're talking about. You have way Maybe more than we pay do. for the brain. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, we did. <laughs> but it just has like, it just shows like it has a, the whole set, like 12 hour shift. Mm-hmm. And then it has little medication like stickers and it shows what time each thing's due. So then I know like who's going to have something in the middle of the night. So I need to like make sure I mm-hmm. go in and like, do that medication at that time. And then I can do their assessment at that time. So yeah. it helps you like prioritize, especially if you have a checklist. So yeah, it's kind of like a checklist, but on the Epic, which I love. Nice. <laughs> we will check the Epic. That's one of my boyfriend's favorite thing to say. We <laughs> shall check the Epic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I'm so happy for you. Oh, thanks. I'm happy for me too. <laughs> I can't so even, happy. I can't even like so be humble you. about it. I'm, I am super happy. Oh, God, he's so cute. I can't wait for like that picture of y'all big reveal. Yeah. That'll get like a million likes because we're always. He only gave me, he gave me, a couple days ago, he gave me permission to post one picture of him, but it's one of us from last summer, but he says it's the only one that he looks normal in. So I might post it anyway. (laughs) We'll see. It's coming. He's, he's good. The best. He's so sweet. But yeah. So. 
Is it time for the big D energy moment? Ooh, yeah. Let's bring her back. Let's bring her back. <laughs> well, D, do you have one this week? Or Sarah, do you have one already? I do kind of have one. Oh, you do? <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, what's your big okay, D energy it. moment? It happened this weekend. I posted about it. But, I, um, I missed it. I didn't read anything well, this weekend. My patient's family member actually brought me flowers. Oh, I've never oh that's so sweet. Oh. And I was just like, he did not have to do I didn't get to say thank you because they had already been discharged. But I was just like, he did not have to do that. But Jesus Christ, that's the sweetest thing ever. That's... And they were Spanish speaking and they, they wrote like, you're very special in Spanish. And I was just like, I love oh, you. <laughs> that's so oh. sweet. What's your heritage, by the way? I'm Dominican. Oh, you are. Oh my God. That's, I heard your mom speaking Spanish in the background and I had forgot, yeah. I forgot. And, and then I was just like, oh man, I should have asked you that a long time ago, but, um, that's See? so stinking <laughs> sweet, man. Oh my God. You're a great nurse. It was so special. What about you, D? I think, I think my big D energy moment is sharing the truth. Oh um, <laughs> yeah. That was really tough for yeah. you. Understandably. That was, so. that was a tough episode. But Sarah doesn't know yet because the episode hasn't aired. Yeah, well, I'm just still proud of myself for actually saying it. So yeah, that's a pretty um, major thing. And coming out with the fact that I'm not at the bedside right now and and taking time for me and and focusing on some other endeavors. But that was a really big D leap of faith. Yeah. So that's valid, though. Yeah, it is. You're allowed. (laughs) Yeah, and she worked for twelve years since two thousand. My goodness. Yeah. No, you are a hundred percent allowed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way. I look at you the same way. And so I just I'm proud of you for coming out, but we're our own worst critics, you know. So I would never never criticize you for that ever. But you, Dan. Well, I'm next. <laughs> um i don't know you You survived like the last couple weeks and like that's pretty awesome you moved i'm just (laughs) surviving i moved i packed i packed my other apartment in eight hours and wait eight hours yeah i i'm like a pro packer if i ever don't work out as a nurse i'm just gonna work for (laughs) u-haul because I, I, even my cousins were like, well, Danielle, if anybody can pack your apartment that fast, it's you. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I, I had posted on an Instagram that I was packing and one of my friends who lives in the area was like, do you need some help? I just got done with night shift. I'm going to sleep until like 12 o'clock. And I was like, you know, if you really feel like it, you know, come over anytime. And she did come over at like one o'clock and help me pack for about four hours. And we packed the whole thing, but I packed everything else. Like, I don't know. So I was ready to go. And the movers showed up the next day and I had like maybe two boxes to pack and then that was it. But I don't even know how I did it. I never thought I was going to get it done so fast. So I feel pretty good about that. Nice. I, un- I My boyfriend's a skateboarder. So he has skateboards hanging all over the wall in here and stuff. And somehow I've made it feel like a female lives here now too. <laughs> so <laughs> that feels I'm pretty good too. I'm super impressed. <laughs> pretty bad <laughs> yeah i can't wait for you to meet him danielle You're i gonna, need to meet him i he's cannot such wait a hoot. he's such a hoot. but yeah so that's it yeah i got some major big d energy going this week Heck yeah so my gosh well right. i guess that sarah, takes us out thank you oh sarah where can we find you online oh yeah um, so i have a meme page if you guys want to follow that it's called scrub i want to know it scrub all. life nurses and then my okay. like Instagram, like where I talk about um, medical mental health, is she's mm-hmm. in scrubs. So I don't really, both on Instagram. Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I have like a yeah. YouTube, but it's linked to my Instagram. So yeah. Okay. So if you guys, right. I also so you can find her someday. When I get my life together. <laughs> All likewise. Same. <laughs> I know. Well, Sarah. Thank you so much for being a guest um, and sharing with us the the new grad trials and tribulations. Um, I know a lot of our followers are new grads, so I think they'll really appreciate a lot of the insight that you've given. So thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Womed, womed out. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs>
Hmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.